You're listening to the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. In today's publishing landscape, you can reach fans all over the world. Query letters are a thing of the past. You don't even need a literary agent. There is nothing standing in the way of making a living from writing. Join two best-selling authors who have self-published more than 20 books between them. Now, on to the show with your hosts, Autumn Burt and Jasper Schmidt. Hello, I'm Jesper. And I'm Autumn. This is episode 98 of the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. And today we are going to give you one of our, well, let's call it entertaining <laughs> top 10 lists, where we uh, alternate by giving you five each. And the topic is mistakes that amateur writers make. So this should be fun, Autumn. It should be really fun. And I, I didn't want to say anything before we actually started recording, but do you know how easy it was to come up with topics for this one we have um <laughs> in video two of the starter kick kit is um the 10 reasons new authors fail so oh. <laughs> i may have cheated so you cheated is that what you're saying <laughs> no i was i was really proactive and i happened to have come up with this list about two or three years ago <laughs> no, that sounds like cheating to me <laughs> I, would. I might have edited things around and we'll talk about it later but how are things over in denmark i hear covid spiking up a little bit again yeah it is it is getting a bit worse here uh, as well but uh yeah i don't know COVID is not an interesting topic to talk about. <laughs> oh, good. Well, how are things otherwise? You were still refereeing and everything, I take it. And packing. Yeah, yeah well, yeah. That, yeah, we've started to pack our stuff oh in boxes goodness. now and uh, getting ready to move by the 1st of December. Wow. Um, we've not gotten very far yet with the packing, <laughs> but uh, I'm sure we'll get there. Uh, it, it will, it'll, it'll probably start to become even more stressful as time approaches, but... Uh, yeah, there's nothing much to do about that other than get packing. And, no, uh, take it, try to take it all with a sense of humor when you're like, where is... Oh, I packed that already. Where's the box? Yeah. Oh, it's already at the new apartment. Oh, well, I guess I'm not doing <laughs> yes, that today. <laughs> yeah, and even the boys are quite busy because they're sorting through all of their old Lego Ooh. to see what they want to sell and what they want to keep. So they're pretty busy with that as well. <laughs> and they have a lot of Lego. <laughs> that was one of my favorite toys too as a kid. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. And in between everything, I've sort of been working on the outline for our future reader magnet. Yes, uh, you sent that to me today. Yeah, yeah, I can't wait to look through that. I, I was too, it was right before we started recording when I downloaded it. So I haven't even looked at it yet, but I will look at it this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to start writing some fiction again. Uh, it's been like, <laughs> well, a long, long time. <laughs> I mean, it's... this entire year, basically, we've been focusing on our nonfiction stuff with the plotting guides that we published earlier this year in the summer mm -hmm. or slightly after summer. And then the courses that we've been really busy recording over the past yes. few months. Uh, so it's just been a lot of nonfiction, which is great, but I am looking forward to writing some fiction again, I must admit. I completely understand because as you know, I, I mean, I'm full-time graphic artist and writer and am writing fantasy or whatever else. <laughs> That's what I do. So I do, I have been sneaky in writing, but recently 
I challenged myself because I, I've created a publishing deadline and I really want to release this series. I want to start releasing it in fe- at the end of February. But that means to stay on okay. track, I have to finish. I'm on book two out of three. I have to finish it by the end of October and I am down to a chapter a day. And I don't usually write quite that i can write that fast but i have lots of other work to do too so i usually don't give yeah that's the problem yeah i don't give myself that much time but i have been and i've been keeping up with it and it's tough but it's so it's also so we're both task oriented so to set to cross off a whole chapter every single day for the last week has been like oh yeah this is so exciting (laughs) Yeah, that's nice, Yeah, just four more, and I will actually make the deadline. I have five days left in the month. I think I will do this. I I think I will do... I'll get pretty gosh darn close, so I'm feeling pretty good. And then I'm on to the final book of the series. And I'm looking forward, though, to writing our books together, because we've been plotting these for a year, and they sound so exciting, and it'll be totally different. So I'm all about writing. The more I can write, the better it is. So this will be exciting. Yeah, it, it, have you already edited the first book and two there, or is it is it the first draft that you're done with now? I'm just done with the first draft. I'm planning on okay. editing in January for at least book one. I'm not going to edit all three of them. I want them all written, but I'll just edit the first one, and get. I'm going to hopefully in December get everything up as a pre order and. Which means I have to do the covers, and this is one of the first times my timeline is so tight that I'm actually so tempted to get someone else to do covers for me. But I know I'll probably break down one day and and just make my covers. Yeah, I'll hire myself and schedule yeah, it. Yeah, that sounds <laughs> like the best idea. <laughs> probably, but yeah. So it's a, it's a little bit of crazy, but if. 2021 i i'm hoping to release a book every two months in two different series and maybe a few standalones and plus be writing with you and plus i've got a little ghost writing thing on the side and uh, plus i'm i've been helping two new authors with their work so i'm a little busy plus everyone and i'm writing fantasy and all the courses and all the students and i'm up 12 hours a day doing this <laughs> but i love it i love yeah, it so much yeah so it's well, good. that's the most important thing, right? It is. A bad day writing is better than a good day at my old office. So I love it here. A week on the internet with the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. So this one is the last reminder about the upcoming episode 100, which is going to be an Ask Us Anything episode. So we would (laughs) love for you to submit your questions to us. Yes, we're looking forward to it. And as we've mentioned, there's a link in the show notes. So you can go to a Google form and fill that out. And we'd really love it if you shared an audio clip or a video. And, you know, you don't have to record yourself. You can record your feet, the window. (laughs) We just want the audio file. We're not going to do anything else with it. So we just want to strip the audio and be able to have your voice on the podcast with us as you ask, oh, whatever crazy question you can come up with. We've already covered... um, I would love to hear more about you and the hobbits in New Zealand. So that would be on my <laughs> list. <laughs> yeah. But you can ask about our books, um, our lives. You know, we probably might mention, I'll talk about my dog, but I, I think your kids are off the table. I think that's okay. <laughs> well, you can ask us anything. It doesn't mean that we're going to answer anything. That's true. But, uh, whatever you want to ask, feel free. And then we might uh, edit uh, whatever we feel like editing on our end. But <laughs> that's the way it goes. That's true. That's the 
That's the power of the microphone. <laughs> uh, you know, we can always come. Yeah, we can use the 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 audio and and kind of you know learn to be pol- political and divert the question to whatever answer we feel like giving. <laughs> Is that, yeah, it's like. Like the best of politicians, that that's doesn't right. really they don't answer the question that was asked. <laughs> yeah, you always answer with an answer with a question. Ask an answer a question with a question, and you know it just keeps going on and on and on. <laughs> yeah, indeed. But otherwise, I also feel like it's a it's been a fairly busy time in the M Writing Fantasy Facebook oh. group. At least there's new people joining all the time, which is awesome to see. It is, and it's been so active. I, I've missed out a little bit over the weekend because I was tied up with something else. But every time I go in there, there's always someone waiting to get in, and I feel bad. Even it's only a couple hours, but it's we can't keep up with them. But it's wonderful. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and I think there is... What I really like, to be honest, is that there is a lot of... Not, not only that there is a lot of engagement, that is, of course, nice, but, but also that... In general, it's very far in between that somebody sort of breaks their group rules yes. and posts like self-promotion. It happens once in a while, but it's actually pretty rare. It is. Most of the posts are genuine, like inspirational stuff or asks for help or mm-hmm. feedback or something like that. And there's always a lot of people pitching. And I mean, I think we've sort of passed a critical mass in the group, meaning yeah. that there's always a lot of responses when people post, which I like to see. Oh, yeah. Uh, if and we some go good back, responses. Like, yeah, they're chatty. Yeah, yeah and good help. responses. Yeah. Yeah, because if we go back like one and a half, two years, um, it was much quieter. It was a bit more quiet in yeah. there. Uh, and I think there just wasn't enough people. But we're sort of getting to a stage now where there's enough people in there where you're going to get a response. Yes. Almost, I wouldn't say guaranteed, but almost guaranteed. If you ask a question in there, somebody will uh, make a very insightful response for you. So so that's great. Yes. Um, and so if you're on uh, Facebook, I really enjoy that. Yeah, if you're on Facebook, come join us on Am Writing Fantasy. And I promise I'll try to get in there a little more often. <laughs> and on to today's topic. All right. So... <laughs> <laughs> I think actually, the first of at least when I look down my list here, yes, um, I think I have to say for start that the listener probably knows some of what I'm going to share already. Um, at least if they are a bit experienced with writing, if they're all new to writing, then maybe not. I don't know, but probably they the listener will know some of it. But they are all things at least on my list here that can improve your writing and also help to make it read more professional. Uh, So I guess the listener can use our top 10 here as sort of a checklist to see Mm. if they are on track with everything. (laughs) If they already know it, then they can sort of be happy with checking off and say, yeah, 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 I have it under control. (laughs) Or you can also feel good at the things that you are maybe not doing in the sense Mm. that it'll give you a few opportunities where you can approve upon your writing. Yes, I actually, all joking aside about the starter kit, and actually it's not joking, the the second video really is 10 reasons new writers fail, but I thought about it, I almost sent you an email earlier today saying, should I focus on things I see a lot of that new writers do um, as an editor and as a coach, or should I focus on things that I think are the most 
important that if you do, this is a really bad thing. So I, I actually decided in the end, I came up with eight total and I, I combined them and merged. <laughs> I merged my lists so that I have a top okay. five that are I see fairly commonly and are pretty critical, sort of like what you're saying. You you really try to not do these. The the bottom three are more like, well, you're probably it's not that big of a mistake. You'll 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 survive that one, but the other ones are a little more painful. So those that's how I dif- differentiated up my list. I resisted All emailing right. you. I, I figured I could figure this out on my own. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, okay, cool. Uh, Yeah, I've tried to rank mine in order as well so that it goes from sort of the smaller stuff to the bigger problems. Oh, okay. Sounds good. I think I did that. Now I'm I'm looking it over very quickly going, did I do that? I think I did that. Yeah, I think I'm good. (laughs) Okay, I'll stand with it. And if I change my mind at the end, well, it's because I didn't pay attention to my order (laughs) (laughs) fair enough nobody will know unless you say it out loud (laughs) i know if i get to like number three and go no that one should have been four darn it (laughs) (laughs) and then maybe also in the end maybe we can try to see if we can so i have five you have five Mm -hmm. and then maybe we can see if we can agree on one out of all of those ten that is like the worst one. Okay, sounds good. And I will not be surprised. I bet we have overlap. So the readers will, our listeners will have to (laughs) forgive us if we don't quite have 10 because we psychologically just always come up with similar things. Yeah, and uh, if if the listener if you have listened to some po- uh, past episode where we are doing these lists, then you will know part of the fun is to see how much overlap we actually have. <laughs> That's right. So we have not coordinated any of our five. Uh, I have five that I did in isolation, and Autumn did the same. Yes. So we'll see how much over overlapping there is, and and how much we agree, uh, or maybe we can surprise each other. Who knows? Mm, I'm thinking overlap lots. <laughs> You're thinking no, not really. <laughs> yeah, no. It would be fun to see, and I, maybe I'll share my last three because one of them is very, very new that I, I've noticed a more of a trend of. So I, I've got oh, that okay. one in reserve, and we'll see if you come up with it. But yeah, I will do my best to keep score again. But I'm ready whenever you are. If you want to start with your number five mistake that no okay. authors make. Okay, okay, I'll make a go for it. All right. So my number five, it's, well, actually, the funny thing in my notes, I want one, two, three, four, five, meaning that number five was the worst and number one was the least worst. So now <laughs> you want me to start with number five. It's like a D wrong <laughs> way around. So I'll do the one, not this, the one that says number one in my notes, which okay. is the number five in your well, notes. That's one difference, yeah. My number yeah. one is so, the worst. <laughs> right. Okay, so this one is small talk in dialogue that doesn't have any relevance to the story. So that'll be something like, wow, it's really raining this morning. (laughs) Yes, it is really pouring down. You know, know, I got all wet coming here. (laughs) That. It's not interesting to the reader, right? No. It's just filler words, and you, you you need to avoid that kind of thing. Yeah, that's absolutely. I don't actually have that one on my list, so you did surprise me right off the bat. Uh-huh. Very, very good. But I agree. I yeah, I've read a lot of dialogue where you're like, there has to be a point to this. There's a point to this, right? There's please let there be a point to this, and yeah, there's none. It yeah. could just be cut. <laughs> 
Indeed, I mean, and I think I cannot remember which episode it was, but I do remember in the past that we have also talked about the fact that when you, as the writer, put something on the page, mm-hmm. the reader will think that this is here for an important reason. That's why I'm reading it. Otherwise, it wouldn't be there. Right. And then if you have all this kind of talk about, yeah, it's really raining this morning, and okay, have a good day, see you later, and then they walk off, <laughs> the reader will be like, what? <laughs> what was the point? Of that? Yes. You, know, you just, yeah, it, it makes you shake your head and you lose a little bit of love for the novel. So don't do that. That's that's a very good point. I impressed all Uh, right thank you that's a good start for me then (laughs) that is a very good (laughs) i don't know if anyone's winning but yes i think you're doing great all right so my well it depends i mean (laughs) if if i surprise you five times then i'll say i'm winning but if you surprise me five times then we're not keeping score (laughs) oh that does not sound fair (laughs) who's making these rules I don't know. Not me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of your kids, I think. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So my number five is on expectations. I think it plays into the psychology and author doubt, writer doubt. Um, so many authors, the new authors set expectations so immensely high or vice versa. They set it so incredibly low that they almost self-sabotage. So it's, I think it's better to set a realistic that this is sort of hard work. Book one is hard. If you go into book one in love with it, but knowing this is going to be probably the hardest book you write and that you will get better and that it takes a series or several books to really learn the ropes and maybe feed all your hungry readers and gain a following. And then that's when you start making some waves, especially after you finish your first series. So I think very few brand new first-time authors launch major careers with just one book. So I think I just see those hopes and dreams that just writing this first one is going to be everything. And it really should be more like, this is just... A marathon. This is just the stage one. This is my learning curve. I knew a very well-known author who once joked that she was so glad she released her first book under a pen name because then she could say that was not mine because <laughs> you would prove mm-hmm. so much. So that would be um, one of the mistakes I see so many new authors make that they just put too much pressure on themselves for book one. Just write it, learn from it, know you'll learn from it, and don't make it an avalanche when it's just like a little puddle. Hmm. Yeah, actually, this morning I was listening to Joanna Penn, uh, and she was saying how she was citing off another article, which I'm sorry, I can't remember which one it was. But the point was that uh, she had re- she read an article in which it was stated that the like breakaway novel, you know, mm-hmm. in the past, sometimes people would write one novel and it would just take off. Oh, yeah. And the point of this article was that it's getting less and less frequent that that thing happens because we have this sort of binge culture nowadays. Also, you know, the same thing with with Netflix or HBO or whatever you're watching, Hulu or whatever. You know, there's just, there's more a mentality or culture today where there's just a lot of options. So you have a vast majority or or a huge amount of stuff you can watch and and you can see what you want to see and and but it's not like one thing and then everybody well okay of course sometimes there is game of thrones or whatever and then everybody will watch it but (laughs) in general 
that's very very rare nowadays yeah. you know it, it's getting hard if, if you're looking if you're setting your expectations for getting that lightning in a bottle kind of <laughs> novel then yes. it, it's not gonna happen i'm sorry no it's not it would be amazing if it did but that's not what you should set your hopes on and i mean really the best advice is to do sort of what i i'm doing now you know write all three books in a series before you release the first one, because then you can go back and write the first one again. So it's technically your fourth book that you've written and it'll be so much better and you'll have learned so much and it'll be so much better to release it. And you can release the whole series and you'll be that much further ahead because yeah, people like to finish things. They like to binge. So just feed that and don't stress too much about book one. (laughs) Feed the monster. Feed the monster. Yeah. Okay, so my next one here yes. is uh, it's pretty basic, pretty simple, to be honest, and really quick, but it is important. Okay. And this one is about not including sensory information in your writing, you know, things like sounds, smells, what it feels like to touch the object that the character is holding, and so on. Because this really helps to immerse the reader into the story, and your writing just becomes much, much more engaging as a result. So when you're not including sensory information, that's really a telltale of amateur writing. Very so, true. I, I love that one too. And I don't have that one, even though it is definitely, it's actually in the um, starter kit. That is one of the ones that is listed right. there. <laughs> so very good. But I didn't include it in this one. But I, I yeah, that's that's sort of definitely a passion of mine. Um, and I find that even when I'm writing currently every once in a while, I'm like, I'm on the visuals. I'm stuck on visuals. If someone glances at one more thing, I'm going to scream. Yeah, yeah. So you, <laughs> you need to, I mean, sometimes that's what editing is for, but yeah, do your best to use all five senses at least once in a chapter. It's a pretty good way of, you know, working at your writing, looking at your editing. It's a good goal. Try it and it'll improve your writing so much and improve your descriptions. You won't be repeating yourself because if something smells and then you see it and then you touch it, those are all different senses and different descriptions and it'll just make everything feel so alive. So I really like that one. Very good job. I You're not winning though, just to be clear. You're not winning. Mm. <laughs> well, I'm not sure I agree. But we'll, we'll settle that in the end. It depends oh. on the score, I would say. <laughs> you could say that. I went with a tried and true that I think has been true for so many new authors and is a huge, I don't know if it's a learning curve or just a rite of passage. And that is losing steam in the middle of your first book or the book you're writing. And either you give up on it and go to the internet and go to Facebook or Instagram and say how stuck you are. Or you pick up a new story instead of finishing the one you're writing. And so then you just keep, you're constantly and forever writing your first novel because you haven't finished one yet. And you just have to buckle down, I hate to say it. I don't know what other way of putting it, but you have to buckle down and keep going and stick it out and at least finish one and maybe publish it and It'll be better if you do that. Don't get don't get lost in the muddy middle. It's so many authors don't get past that one point. Yeah, uh, that's also very true. That's also also a good one. Um, you're just saying so, that. I just feel like you're just saying that to make me feel better. Do you? No, no, <laughs> <All right. laughs> no, no it, it is a good one. For okay. Sure. No doubt about it. Um, I was just trying to... So we're now on number three, right? We are on number three. We're on the middle one. 
middle one. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I have a few examples in this one. Actually. Oh, excellent. I like examples. Yeah. So this is about using the same sentence construction over and over oh. again. So <laughs> if you're, for example, writing something like, he walked to the door, he opened the door, he entered the room. Well, when I say it out loud like this, you can already <laughs> hear how bad that sounds, right? But if instead that you vary your sentences, then it'll come across as much more professional. As an as an example, if I use the sensory information that we just talked about a moment ago with the same sentences, the sentences that I just uh, made an example of here, then it could be something like, he walked to the door, the handle felt cold in the palm of his hand as he turned it, a foul smell forced its way into his nostrils Ooh. as soon as he opened the door. Wasn't very that much, nice. much better? That is very nice. Much better. Great example of your number, your previous one, and this one. How's that since the numbers? <laughs> yeah. Ah, it's very good. I like that. And yeah. it's almost like you listened to our recent podcast on don't start sentences with this word. <laughs> Oh, yes, that's true. Yes, I didn't even think about that. But now that you say it, yes, that's right. <laughs> you did a fantastic example for that podcast. So uh, if anyone else wants to have a fun, go listen to that one as well. Yeah, I can't remember which number it was. But yeah, you can find it in the uh, in the feed. If you just scroll through and yes. find the one that says something about don't start the sentence with this word or something like yes. that. I think it was called. It, exactly. And it was fairly recent. So it's not like you're going to go back months. It should be just, you know, eight episodes back or the most. So that's, right. yes, I agree. And we, we've covered that recently. So that's a very good example. So mine again is different. I can't, this is like the most non-overlap we've ever had with one yeah, of these lists. I don't know what's yeah. going on. This is strange. I'm worried. <laughs> We're not on the same mm. wavelength for once. What's going on? I don't know. I think somebody cheated. <laughs> that's my goal. Uh. Guess <laughs> you saw my list somehow. Actually, we just screen shared, so you might have we seen just, my list. Yeah. <laughs> you might have seen my list, and you're like, I'm changing them all. All right. Uh, my middle one, my number three, is not making writing a habit. So, so many new authors, you'll see them talking about waiting for inspiration, and it's like waiting for lightning to strike. You really have to view writing, maybe not as a job, but everyone says it's a job, it's a career. It doesn't have to be. It could be a hobby and don't you want to spend time doing your hobbies? Whether it's cross-stitching or hiking or stamp collecting, I don't know. What do, what do people do for hobbies? I write. So I don't really <laughs> know. But even if it's a hobby, you should spend time doing it and you should love it and you should want to learn more about it and investigate it and talk about it and be really passionate. You know, that's why you do it. That's what you do with hobbies. But I often see new authors, you know, they either wait for inspiration or, and when they're not waiting for inspiration, maybe they're hanging out in an author group or hanging out on Instagram and they're not really learning the craft. And that's not, that's, a, that's really a strange way to treat a hobby, something that you want to do. You should actually be a little more investigative and you should take it, like I said, not, I don't want to say seriously because that takes the fun out of it and writing should have some joy as much as passion. And there are, of course, the days where it doesn't and you do get up at 4.30 in the morning to hit your word count for the day so you can go help somebody else that you have scheduled and get some formatting done. You know, those kind of days. Everyone has those. They're, they happen. But 
there should be love in in it as well and something that really gets you excited. And so, you know, treat it at least as something like that, at least as serious as something you're passionate about and learn more about it. Yeah, it's probably sometimes a bit of a procrastination tool as well. <laughs> yeah. You know, the the I I don't I don't have the inspiration right now. I think it's it's also I I won't say all the time and always because I'm sure that some people have good reason for whatever they do, but a certain in in a lot of instances at least let me put it like that. I think it also is an excuse. And why people are making the excuse, I cannot judge. That's up to them. But maybe they have a good reason. But at the end of the day, you know, if if you want to make something with your writing, you have to write. I mean, yeah. that's, and that's even the end of the day, the truth. You want to procrastinate. Don't procrastinate on Facebook or Instagram. Go procrastinate by reading an article on how to write better. That's at least useful procrastination. <laughs> Yeah, to some extent, but at the same time, you only learn to write by writing. Yeah, right? very so, true. Uh, yeah. But okay, good one. All good right. One. Oh, thank you. Well, I feel a little bit better then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't praise it too much because then you might think that we, the score is even or something. Oh, so. you know, I'm feeling like it might be a pretty even. Neither of us bet on how much overlap on this one. So I, we only got two more to go to find out, you know, if we have any. I wonder if we have any overlap. Yeah. I'm maybe number one. I'm gonna bet number one, but maybe not. We'll see. We'll see. So far, I like all your answers, though. They, they, the writing coach and editor in me is going, yay! But you're still not winning. Even if you won my writing coach and editor hat, you, you're still not winning. So that's just the way it goes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, uh, we'll see. We'll see. Okay. okay. So this is uh, my number two, I guess. All right. right. So, yeah, last week we talked about author voice. Um, so can you guess what I have as my number two then? Um, character development. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I had to throw in a curveball. Nothing's been aligning today. So, okay. Um, fine. Author voice. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's about having too much author voice. Oh, interesting. Yeah, because I, I think the amateur writer can sometimes try too hard to sound very professional. So as a consequence, they will start using too many analogies, they too much add too much description, and so on and so on. You know, in an attempt to try to show off their creativity and their, and their writing skills, um, it could also be maybe trying too much to sound like Tolkien or something like that, or maybe another fantasy author that you adore. But as a result, it just becomes too much. So I'm just saying don't write in a fashion that forces the reader to reread sentences because it's so complicated in the structure. You know, the, the writing needs to flow smoothly and pleasantly and not in a very abstract way that it's very difficult to get the meaning of what you're trying to say. Mm. So I think that's... Yeah, that, that is a sign of an amateur writer. and But of course, I also have to say, you can also turn this number two on its head and say, it's also a problem not to have enough voice. Yeah. <laughs> so, so if the writing feels very formal and stilted, that's not good either. No, yeah. So it becomes really difficult to feel close to the characters in that case. So yeah, it, it is like a fine balance to walk, uh, but 
you know, developing author voice, that's something we covered in last week's episode. So go back to listen to episode 97 <laughs> if you haven't done so already and, and all the details will be shared there. But I think author voice is important in both in not having too much of it, but also not having too little of it. <laughs> yes, it's it's sort of like the the quote, you know, kill your darlings, you know, kill out the flowery, flowery language and things like that. Mm, but mm, I, I mm. do like this one because, yeah, you're right. It is something I often see and maybe I don't know if I even thought of it. So, geez, you surprised me again. But yeah, often, yeah, you sound so satisfied with it. Like, I, <laughs> I'm stumping her this time. But yeah, new authors, they often do try to write to impress. Now, here's a question question for you that um, I think I, I would say I had it posed to me recently, but that's probably within the last year and a half because I remember these things for some strange reason. But <laughs> okay. what about, how do you feel about using words that like when I do an editing or spell check, I get this error that's like, even a knowledgeable audience may not be familiar with blah, blah. Do you think all language should be you know, simple? Or can you use some complicated words that maybe some people are going to have to go check out the dictionary for? I would say the only places where I feel it's okay to use very complicated language is if it's because of the character. Mm. You know, if, if the character is just the type of person who uses very complicated language, uh, then it is absolutely okay to do it. But then you need to do it in a way where the fact that you don't understand what he's saying is part of the gimmick, right? So it's not like he's sharing very important plot details that you need to understand, and then nobody gets it. You know that that's not going to work. No, but that if wouldn't it's like work. Part of, no, but if it's part of his, that's his quirk that he's a bit weird and he talks very complicated, then that's absolutely fine. But it, in all other cases, I would say no. The, the the writing has to flow smoothly and so that you don't get pulled out of it and have to go and look at the dictionary to just understand what you read. I mean, it has to be a pleasant experience. And it's not in ple- it's not pleasant if if you almost feel like stupid because I don't understand what it says. And probably I should understand, but I don't, right? And then you feel stupid as a reader. That's not good. <laughs> that isn't good. Oh, I don't know. I still, I know as a teenager, I mean, I'm talking about like one word out of every 10 chapters maybe is a new and unfamiliar word that you know, might be advanced grammar advanced language but i think that's why i have such a big vocabulary is because i read like a voracious teenage thesaurus and <laughs> just mm. picked up a ton of words and i still love using them they're so much fun to use words like avarice and things like that that are you know i could just use greed but Avarice has that fun sound to it, and if I ever have this published as an audiobook, it's a cool-sounding word. But yeah, not everyone might <laughs> yeah. not know that one right off the top of their head. No, but I also think it, it depends a bit on what you're writing. I yeah. mean, if we're talking literary fiction versus uh, mm. commercial fiction, right? Because if it's commercial fiction, it's supposed to just be enjoyable. It's not supposed to teach you a new vocabulary, right? But literary fiction, it could. It could be much, you, you could use more of those kinds of words in that case. So it, 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 I think it depends on what you're writing, of course, but I'm always talking about commercial fiction, yes. so that's sort of my bias. <laughs> uh, I get it. I mean, I did grow up, I mean, Mercedes Lackey and uh, Anne Rice and or Anne McCaffrey and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, if they could do it, I could do it too. That's my theory. <laughs> Yeah, no. I, I've read a lot of Anne Rice, too. I don't think she uses complicated words, uh, yeah. to be honest. 
I think probably because your educational system might be a little bit better than ours, but don't tell anyone I said that. <laughs> we're not going to talk more about that. I can no, hear. No, we better move gonna, on. So moving on. So my number two is not building an audience as you write. So waiting Ooh, until you yeah. release book one and expecting, you know, that lightning in the bottle as you cleverly use a metaphor for. So mm-hmm. yeah, no, you it's you don't want to spend too much time building an audience because you want to write, as I said in the previous one, but you definitely need to have a plan, whether it's building your newsletter or just hanging out in readers groups. You want people following you on your journey and getting excited about what you're writing so that when you release book one, you know, you got a you got a platform and some people who are excited to celebrate with you. That's really important. And I do see still a lot of authors are getting better. A lot of authors are getting very savvy, but there's still so many new authors who write in that um, cliched, tiny, dark room, and then they emerge with a fully finished novel and they're startled to find out the rest of the house is empty. I think I've worked out why our lists are so different. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah, because... Uh, my list is very much focused on the writing itself, where yours it are is. a bit more focused on the uh, the Mechanics. well, the business of writing and also yeah. the mindset of writing. Uh, so I think that's very, quite a dip. yeah, but it's good. I was gonna say, as you shuffle these together, you're getting a very kind of complete list from the technique to the business of it. So I guess yeah. that makes sense. Well, See. I- I'm glad I didn't send you that email because I might have changed um, my answers and then the listeners wouldn't have had such an interesting experience. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that's good. And, and definitely building an audience, it's, it, that's hugely important. And yes, yeah, we've talked multiple, multiple times in past episode also on the Am Writing Fantasy YouTube channel. There's multiple videos there as well <laughs> about building email lists and why it's important. So we, I don't think we need to labor that more here, but it is just so incredibly important. So it cannot be said enough. Absolutely. All right, so we're on to the last two, or I one, I suppose the last one, one each. So yeah, our number one worst mistake. I'm wondering, will it still be no overlap? I can't imagine. Uh, I have a feeling it will now because I th- maybe yeah, yours now you figured not, out the trend. Unless yours are, yeah, unless yours are writing related, then it, there will probably be no overlap. Well, it might be. Let's see what yours is. Okay, <laughs> so. <laughs> The worst one I have on my list is uh, head hopping. So this is when you are in one character's head, uh, you know, seeing what that person sees and hears and the character, you get the character's thoughts and so on. And then a sentence later, we are in another character's head. Yes. Uh, I actually read a book quite recently that from time to time had a tendency to do head hopping. Uh-huh. And I just tell you, it's really jarring, jarring and really confusing. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, moving from one point of view character to another between chapters is absolutely fine. You know, I do it. Autumn do, do it. it. George oh, yeah. R. R. Martin do it. Absolutely. So <laughs> yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. I like that crowd <laughs> that you mentioned. Yeah. But yeah, no, I agree head hopping when it's literally sometimes it's between sentences much less paragraphs i Mm. it is definitely one of my pet peeves i remember reading a book once where it was a character looking across at someone shaking out a picnic blanket and then the next sentence was the person shaking out the picnic blanket and i was like what the (laughs) 
is going on? I was so yeah. lost and confused. And I think I might have stopped the book right there. Or at least I started skimming and just saw if it got any better. And I think eventually it settled into one character. And even then that was confusing. It's like, why did you choose that one and not the person over there? So, yeah, that's yeah, a bad yeah, one. I, 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 yeah, it is a bad one. And you really have to learn to master the point of view stuff because mm. same thing, you know, if something is happening behind the character, the character can't see it. So you can't describe what, what it looks like behind him because it's, or her, because you, if the character can't see it, you cannot describe it. That's just exactly. it. Uh, and you can't just hop to another character who can see it because that's convenient. Uh, that's not, that's <laughs> no, head hopping. That's, that's cheating. That's not okay. yeah. No, you've yeah. got to solve the problem for the character whose head you're in and not some other way. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if you want to do change to another character within the same chapter, between chapters it's easy because then we have, we have a break and everybody mm -hmm. knows, okay, now it could be a new character. If you want to do it in the middle of a chapter, you can do that as well, but then you need to put in something like a maybe a graphical symbol in between paragraphs right. or some sort of break that sort of shows the reader that, oh, okay, there's a change here. Yes. And then you can move into another, that's okay. But still, I would say I prefer to do it between chapters and not in the middle of the chapter. But if you have to do it, then at least put in something in the uh, on the page itself that clearly shows that something is changing now. Yeah, um, some kind of transitional break lines or something. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, and even that, you know, then it's not an excuse to have five of those in a chapter. I mean, more than no, three no, no, that's are a going too much. <laughs> yes, don't yeah. jump more than three characters in one chapter, but. It's better. Look, read some George R. R. Martin. He does a fantastic job of staying in one character's point of view for an entire chapter, and they flow so well, and you get to know the character. If you head hop, you don't really get to know the character well enough to care, and that's part of yeah. what is so important about writing. So that is an excellent yeah, and, number one. Yeah, and I also want to just tag on to that that I think you also need to be mindful that this is the sort of stuff that agents will notice. Oh, yeah. You know, so if you're trying to get traditionally published, they will probably not offer you a contract if they see head hopping in your <laughs> manuscript. Very uh, true. Or even if you're self-publishing, it'll take a lot of time for the editor to clean up this stuff. Yes. So um, maybe <laughs> your editor don't mind doing so, but it's going to cost you a lot of money. Yep. So uh, yeah, I think you just you need to get this under control. Definitely. I concur. And I think if I was doing writing techniques, that would be my number one. But I was focused on something different, even though this is sort of a writing right. technique. So my number one mm -hmm. is writing the story with absolutely no plan for your first book and just thinking you're going to tackle your way through it and get there. Oh. And not taking the time and realizing there's so much to learn and there's story structure and character arcs and the character arcs tied to the plot and some of that maybe you develop later. But seriously, if there's ever a book, whether you become a full-time pantser or not, if there's ever a book to have a plan, have a plan for your first book. It'll be a lot less painful. Uh, I feel this one like <laughs> got punched, you know, because this was exactly where I ended up. <laughs> I kind of put this one as a nod to both of us because it is how I started my first debut novel as well. I I, I got to chapter three. I, the characters got lost. I think by chapter five, I was lost. The characters were lost. And I said, I need structure. And <laughs> yeah. I got structure and I learned very quickly from there. But yeah, it's, I think that might be how they talk about what is it, 99% of people who start off writing a novel fail. Um, this is probably the first 
hurdle as an author. You hit that point where you're like, I don't know what happens. The inspiration drives up. You just, you, the characters stop talking to you, whatever happens. I love that joke that, you know, writers are the, when the characters, the writer's block is when the characters stop in your head, stop talking to you. So mm-hmm. this is uh yeah, this is when all that happens and you need to find a plan to get through that and to learn to write well and to write your story. And, yeah, it's your first cutting your first tooth as an author is to get through that. So go for it. Get a plan. Yeah, and I could say maybe you want to go to whatever online platform you normally buy your books mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. And then maybe you want to search for either Autumn's name or my name and then <laughs> find a book called Plot Development and maybe you buy that one and then maybe everything will be explained to you. That will definitely <laughs> help. I mean, it's the worst case scenario. Just go to the M Writing Fantasy blog and put in story structure and you'll get a couple of articles that will kind of get you... At least get you started. Yeah, get you started and then you can realize that maybe you should go get the plotting book because it would help you so much when you start book two and you're like, oh, this is what I was supposed to be doing. (laughs) So, oh my goodness, though, we had... We truly uh, had a list of 10. We did not overlap at all. A, no. So this is a tough one. <laughs> How do we conclude which one is the worst of them all? I don't know. Because they're all going to hurt you in some way or another. Hurt your writing, hurt the story you're telling, or hurt your author career if you do these. I don't know which yeah. ones. We need an independent judge. Maybe the listener should tell us which is the worst one. That could help us out. We need the impartial yeah. jury. No, yeah, that, that'll be cool. So if anybody wants to tell us, then please do. Um, I think I would say that mm-hmm. your number one there might be the worst one. And my thinking is that if you can't finish the first book because you sort of screwed the whole thing up by not planning anything, <laughs> yes. um, then it doesn't matter about small talk in the dialogue or sentence structures or even building email lists. And Because if you don't have anything and you're never going to finish it because you sort of drive into the ditch, then, <laughs> then maybe all the other nine items here doesn't really matter too much. I don't know. I like that. That's sort of that. where my mind is. Uh, I can accept that because it makes me feel like I won. So, okay. Sure. Uh, actually, could I change that? No. <laughs> this has been recorded, and I think I'm editing this one. So, nope, not changing it. Sorry. Wow. Do you want to change so that I edit this one, and then you edit next week's <laughs> episode? Um, no, no, no. I'm good. I can fit this one in this week. I'm good. <laughs> okay. Well, listener, Woo-hoo! can you please let us know that you disagree with uh, this conclusion and then, and then pick another one, please? <laughs> All right. I, I will honor the listeners' um, comments and we will see which one they think is the worst and then we'll choose the champion. I don't know what we get. <laughs> no. Okay. So next Monday, we are going to talk about the self-publishing landscape Is it too late to get into self-publishing? Well, tune in next Monday. If you like what you just heard, there's a few things you can do to support the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. Please tell a fellow author about the show and visit us at Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and review. You can also join Autumn and Jasper on patreon.com slash amwritingfantasy. For as little as a dollar a month, you'll get awesome rewards and keep the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast going. 
Stay safe out there and see you next Monday.